Hi Church, welcome to the SEM podcast. We're a church playing our part in the evangelization of the nation, the revitalization of the church, and the transformation of society here in Norwich and Norfolk. Be sure to connect with us online at scn.org.uk or on social media at SCN Church. Enjoy. As I was praying about this evening, I was um, reminded of a book that I read over the summer. Uh, it's um, a great book called uh, Beautiful Resistance. It's by a guy called John Tyson. He's a pastor in uh, America, in New York. Um, it's one of those books, often um, try to read two books at the same time. One which is going to pick me up and one that's probably going to knock me down to where I need to be. Um, that God does a good thing within me, a good thing in my soul. That, that's one of these books. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. But it's a warning. Um, God's going to challenge you deeply. Challenge me deeply. It's, it's about um, so many things of our culture which, without realizing, become trends in our lives and uh, control us. And then what is the... Um, what does then God say into it? How does then God call us uh, to live? And one of the chapters particularly just really knocked me. Um, it's on hate. Um, I'm not particularly a hateful person, but this got me twice. God challenged me and also made me really frustrated because it reminded me about a book that I hated called 1984, which my English teacher forced me to read. Who knows the, sto- um, the book? Oh, at least there was a film to go on with it. And um, John talks about this uh, recalls this book, 1984, and right at the beginning, um, there's this scene called Two Minute Hate. Um, Don't worry if you've never seen it. You've probably have seen one of the mock adverts that like Apple and others have put out. It's basically where they just show a big screen of the stuff and things you're meant to hate, and people just start screaming and shouting and throwing things at the screen. Um, And... um, Something about it just causes this hate to rile up within us. Um, And it seems, when you look at it first, like, how could this ever happen? Um, But actually, it's something that's been used by dictators um, for a while of generating and causing hate within people. Um, And I was was reading, and I was remembering, oh, that's not me. Um, Hate's not me. It's fine. I can quickly skim over this chapter and move on to the next one. Um, And then uh, I read a bit, and then I got my phone out and uh, started flicking through social media. Um, and I saw something, and I was like, oh, that just frustrates me. And then I, I did the terrible thing of looking at the comments. Oh. And without realizing, I, God just spoke to me. as like, you're carrying around this two-minute hate in your pocket. Um, which just got to me. I love technology, and I'm definitely not saying get rid of social media. I think it's an amazing and powerful thing of way of connecting people. But it challenged me that actually there's so much hate in our society, so much hate which is so easy to get drawn into. And so I was like, so what is the counter? What is the counter to this? How are we meant to live in this world which is so full of hate where every single time we open the news, every single time we open our phone, there is this hate in there and it's just so easy to get pulled in. It's so easy to get pulled into that attitude of hate and it might be righteous hate, but it's hate nonetheless. And God did the thing he did, and the next day I opened my Bible for my daily Bible reading, and it was this really annoying passage where he spoke to me again. And it's right at the end of John's Gospel where um, after Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, um, his friends are out fishing on this lake. 
Um, and then they spot Jesus on the bank cooking fish um, because that's what resurrected Jesus does. He thinks, let's have some breakfast, um, which I think is so good. There's a word for you if you need it. Um, have some breakfast. And then Peter being Peter is the idiot that he is, that he jumps out of the boat and he, he swims to Jesus. And then as they're having breakfast, Jesus says this to Peter. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him for the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed. Page turn. You dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you and lead you where you are. Jesus said these things to indicate the kind of death that Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Peter's the one that betrayed Jesus three times and Jesus takes the moment to remind Peter that he is forgiven, that he's loved and that he's cared for by putting from his torment of asking him the same question, do you love me? So much of wrong has just gone on in, in Peter's life and the important question, the important question which he asks is, do you love me? Do you love me? Because out of that place of restoration, Peter goes on to do incredible things in the name of Jesus. He goes on to build his church. It's, do you love me? And the amazing thing about this passage, which we don't get to see in English because we only have one word for love. Here in this passage, there's two words for love. You're going to learn a tiny bit of Greek. It's easy, I promise. Um, the first word is agape, which is this amazing, complete, selfless, sacrificial love, the love of Jesus on the cross. And then there's the second word, philios, which is like a friendship type of love. Um, and what happens here, which we don't see, is when Jesus says, do you love me? He says, agape. And when Peter responds, he says, you know I love you. He says, philios. So often we think the love that we need is out of our reach. The love that we need to, to show Jesus, the love that we need to return to him is out of our reach. And we don't quite have it. And we're honest. And we're like, Jesus, I philios love you. I know that you love me greater than that, but this is all that I've got. This is all that I've got. But the amazing thing is Jesus in the last time when he asks Peter, do you love me? He says, do you philios? Do you love me like a friend? And Peter says, yes, I philios. Jesus comes down and meets us exactly where we are. In a world full of hate, when there's so much against us, Jesus comes and meets us with the love that we need. And I 
I felt like tonight the really important thing that some of us need to hear is that Jesus loves you. More than you could ever love him, more than you could ever love anyone else, Jesus loves you. No matter what hurt or shame or done, wherever you've gone wrong, whatever you've done, Jesus loves you. And that is the only thing that matters in this world, in a world full of hate, a world full of discourse, that the creator of the world loves you. He loves you so much that he died for you, that he gave up his life for you. He loves you. He loves you. In a letter uh, John wrote, one of Jesus' apostles, he said this, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister as a liar. Whoever does not love their brother or sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, who they have not seen. And he's given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love his brother and sister. We love because he first loved us. He loves In a world full of hate, whether that's on our screens, whether that's in our homes, whether it's in our neighborhoods, in a world full of hate, the creator of the world loved you first. Before you were born, before you were a thought, before there was a single word uh, in your mouth, before there was a single hair on your head, He loved you and died for you. We're going to continue to worship. I'd love you to stand and just close your eyes for a moment, if you're willing. Um, And we're just going to wait on the Spirit. You may want to close your eyes and hold out your hands, not because anything particularly happened magical happens if you do that it just seems to be the thing that Christians do Um, it's just that posture of being ready to receive posture of stillness God loves you and maybe a few people here particularly who you know you need to hear that I just pray that as we worship, you will know his love. 
you would know the love he has for you. Even deeper and greater than you have ever known before. That he loved you first. He loves you more than you could ever try and love him. And he loves you first so that we can then be his love in the world. But for you, for us, if you know you need that, just pray, God, show me your love. Show me the love that you have for me. time and as we gather you may feel absolutely nothing and that's perfectly fine um, but you may just feel something within you maybe an emotion maybe a word comes to mind a bit of the bible if I think someone hand, someone's hands are tingling in this moment don't need to make yourself known but um, if that's you just know that's God's presence on you um, and just pray more of that God more of that keep showing me your love know his presence and his love with us Davies guitar pedal board. Don't we don't need to look at it. Just it's absolutely complicated. Um, and I felt like someone was just in that moment thinking, I'm pretty complicated. There's so much going on and I don't even know what to do or where it works or what wire connects to what wire and which button does what. You won't maybe weren't thinking exactly that, but In the same way Davey knows exactly what each keyboard does and where all these buttons go and all this sort of stuff. God made you. He knows every aspect and moment of your life. He knows what's going on and what you're going through. He knows you. You're not too complicated for him. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to connect with us online at stn.org.uk and on social media at STN Church. See you soon.